0: I'm Nels Anderson. And I'm Jesse Turner. And I'm Quentin Smith. And this is Terminal 7. Happy 2014. Yes, right back at you, Nels. Back in a new year. And ringing in this new year, we have a very special guest with us today of Shut Up and Sit Down, the internet's greatest uh, board and card game review site. Yeah, uh, we have we have Mr. Quentin Smith. Hello. Yay. Oh my god. Thank you so much for having me.
1: I am so excited because everyone oh. on Shut Up and Sit Down is bored of hearing me talk about Netrunner, so this is great.
0: <laughs> bored?
1: Oh, jeez. I think I think that attitude is that there may be more board and card games, you know, in the world aside from Netrunner, whereas that's obviously not something I believe. <laughs>
2: yeah. you're, you're on. You're on the right show. Yeah,
1: you're in the right place. Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, no, I, I just love the way you guys talk about netrunner and just make it sound, you know, funny and fun as opposed to just this really hardcore competitive thing.
0: Oh, I think. I mean. That's part of the thing that I like. I don't know if it's just, like, our community or the people we try to play with or whatever, but I've certainly heard kind of, like, horror stories of people that played, you know, Magic the Gathering or whatever back in the day where they show up at a tourney and just, like, everyone's just kind of, like, grouchy assholes that are just there (laughs) to win. And if they're not winning, they're not really enjoying it. And that just makes, like, I mean, if you want to be a grumpy douche, whatever, but then, like, that (laughs) attitude just makes the entire just like tone it's of the room poisonous atmosphere yeah it's yeah, gross it's and you're just like i'm not having even if you're winning then at that point you're not having fun unless you're one of these like sadist people that only is enjoying it when you're like savaging somebody else no, um,
1: absolutely I, I i haven't been to a tournament yet but i have uh, just in the last couple of months started going to regular meets and was amazed when like you know you beat someone in a really stupid way and they burst out laughing or, or whatever it just seems to be really positive i don't know
0: yeah, totally, right? Like, them, like you. even when it absolutely sucks, the fact, like, when someone puts an archer down in front of uh, another card that you assume is something really important, you manage to blunder through it, like, blow all your money, a bunch of resources, <laughs> you finally get past that archer, you've already, like, lost two of your breakers, you know, something terrible happened, and then the thing behind it is a snare. And you're just like, well, well done, yeah. good job. Yeah, 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 there's a lot you of, uh, clapping.
2: They're lot of clapping for the other guy
1: in yeah, that runner, yeah. I find. Just the other just the other week, I had a great game. My friend was playing a criminal a Gabriel deck, and I think on the first turn, I put down a Janus and uh, efficiency researched it. So you know, just a Janus on HQ, and he and he burst out laughing. It was wonderful.
0: <laughs> yes, well done, nice. Um, I guess we kind of got ahead of ourselves a little bit. Um, Quins, if people don't know, would you could you briefly describe exactly what Shut Up and Sit Down is? Of
1: course, uh, I used to be a video game journalist, uh, working for Rock Paper Shotgun. Is something that I guess I might be. Most well known for. And then I realized that there were no good board and card game sites. So me and my friend Paul Dean said, let's make one. And uh, that's what we've been doing for a couple of years. And now I'm so happy to say that thanks to a wonderful community, uh, we're now doing it for a living. Um, oh, oh, awesome. It's so awesome. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm extremely happy. But, but it's such an easy job because board and card games right now are so, so good. But um, yeah, if people haven't heard of us, then just www.shutupandsitdown.com is where uh, we live.
0: Yeah, and though you occasionally still do uh, op-eds on video game sites, specifically yeah. um, to, to bring this back to what's topical, you did a review, I guess, of Netrunner on Eurogamer, right? Mm. Oh yeah, um,
1: I actually, I do I cover board games for Kotaku and Eurogamer, um, but yeah, covering uh, board games and card games for Eurogamer, well for both sides actually, it's been interesting because these are video gamers, and so talking about Netrunner, I had to be like, okay, wait, hang on. Uh, here's a collectible card game. Do you know what that is? And it makes, <laughs> right, right, right. Um, when you only have like a thousand words, actually that becomes really tricky, but it does have this like really heroic ending paragraph where I'm like, yeah, throw on your trench coat and call up your friend and tell him to meet you in the rainy office building and you will play Netrunner. And it right. would be good. Do you uh, find
0: that, that like, I mean, in general, is there for people who have traditionally only been digital game people, do you find it's relatively easy to kind of sell people on the value of, analog games? Uh, I think it's weird.
1: Uh, shut Up and Sit Down is odd, especially because whenever I go to game events, um, everyone, like, from game developers to <laughs> games lecturers seem to know who we are. And then, actually, I I know our traffic, and it's tiny. So I think people who are interested in game design, it's really easy to sell them. But you're more traditional gamer, you know, like, making them sit down to, like, a, a reading and then a speaking comprehensive before they can even start playing a game, which is essentially what a board game manual is. And, right, uh, right. and yeah, to bring this back around, like... Netrunner is the best game ever and oh my god I was playing it wrong for three months because the manual is so bad uh, uh, yeah like, I mean maybe was that your guys experience did you kind of just my, get
2: I actually have a story about that because Nels corrected me for for a month I, I was mandatory drawing as the runner and the runner was crushing the corp every time <laughs> and I'm like and so Nels I, I'm explaining trying to figure out what wildside was and Nels is like well yeah you can't you, you have to click to draw, and it just, a bomb went off my head. I'm like, wow, <laughs> we've, we've been giving the corp a really hard time. Luckily, oh. that actually made our corpse really strong, because we could still manage to win, even by giving the runner Yeah, because man- you're
0: basically playing against a five-click runner yeah, every game. Right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, no, but, I, yeah, the, the, well, the manual is just so
0: hard to yeah, get into. It's, I mean, I guess it, the language could probably be a bit better. Like, it is definitely written to be very um, thorough versus, like, introductory or explanatory it seems like yeah. that like it's not that the manual is bad per se but it is it is missing a companion piece which actually explains how you play the bloody game <laughs> yeah you know
1: what you need i guess is you need that really big manual but then just like a cup like a big fold out a3 poster which walks you through a game you know? yes. yeah that, that's all like i the, the specific rule i was missing for three months was that Upgrades installed in remotes look like agendas or assets, which of course, yeah. it, which is like my favorite thing about the game now. And just because yep. I, I play with a ton of upgrades and just the shell game
0: of what is this? It's a Bernie smile. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, I did that for a long time as well. And even it wasn't until I think the very first card pack in the, Genes- in the uh, spin cycle where there's way more bad publicity stuff. I thought bad publicity was credits once per turn. To use during runs instead Not of one. credits uh, once per run, so even after playing the game for like ten months, I was still doing that part of it oh wrong. My God. Yeah. <laughs> I actually,
2: I actually love. There was a great post on Reddit, and it was what, and it was basically what we're talking about now. It was what did we all screw up on hey. right away? And, oh. my, and and my favorite was there's a guy that was at like a game night, and he would be like installing upgrade advancing agenda like he would say what he's doing cause he's oh, like, no. and what the, what the best part is is like is, is he is he messing with me like is, right is that, is, is that really an upgrade or what, what's going on
0: you're basically just trying to shark the guy we're like advancing agenda oh no you're like bluffing with june
2: you right. know what i mean like yeah that is that is
1: the actual greatest thing oh my god uh, but yeah, um, even even right now i still miss like what was the ruling that uh with shahrazad now i uh, yeah, we, wanna... ca- ca- we have we have, a,
0: we have a reader mail about that Ooh, so nice. we'll we'll table that until the end ah. um, but yes there's a, i mean that's like that is always the um like there's always going to be a little bit of that like no matter how much I mean as people who have either worked on or spent a lot of time covering video games like you realize this as well that like no matter how much you play test and evaluate and design there's always going to be stuff that like you didn't quite realize it does what it does or probably more accurately it's it's not that that there was some like gap that the designers missed it's rather it's just like the way that it was obvious to them how it all worked just wasn't obvious if you weren't there like in the r&d no pun intended (laughs) (laughs) of of fantasy flight like actually developing the cards and that usually feels like that's what the rulings are about it's not that like oh they messed up and did something wrong it's that there was something that was very obvious to them that when you just put it tabula rasa in front of somebody else they're like oh well yeah there's two legitimate ways to read this it's like oh we didn't even think like i can't count the number of times working in digital game design where it's like you put your game in front of somebody for playtesting, and you just watch them do it. You, you know, you stand back, don't say anything, you watch them do it. And the stuff that's completely obvious to you is just like utterly mystifying to them <laughs> Right, and vice versa. Right. And you're like, Oh, this is humbling, but important.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's slightly depressing thing. When you open a data pack and a card comes out and you read its power and go, Oh, I thought I could do that already. <laughs> right. And, and, <laughs> it's like, Oh, that's special oh, anymore. Oh. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> So in terms of like getting, I don't, I don't know if this has been the experience that you've had playing with the folks over there, but have you? How how difficult do you find it is to get new people into Netrunner? Uh, well, I can tell you that I
1: found it a lot easier when the game had first come out for for a couple of different reasons. One of which is that um, the hmm. card the card pool is so much bigger now, and so like right, yeah. there's just weird stuff. Like I was teaching a friend just last week, and then. Uh, she was saying like, oh, should I run on this remote now? And I'm like, uh, well, no, because it might be a snare. And she says, what's a snare? And I go, oh, God. And suddenly <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I was better at teaching the game when I knew less about it. And now I end up bringing my own lessons to a to a tutorial. And that's stupid. You can't do that. You have to just encourage people to make mistakes, you know? I can't right. like, yep. it, I, it's, it's easy to teach Netrunner. It's hard to teach the last, what I've learned in playing the game for a year. And yet, right. I end up doing that anyway, right? Do you do the same thing?
2: I, I've actually bullied people out of playing the game just because I, I aggressively take all the data packs and mix it around and make it make new decks. So, whenever I give them. I, I should have kept the core decks around, really. Oh, yeah, uh, no. But I didn't like an idiot, so I have I'm like oh, okay, here's this crazy janky chaos theory deck. We have to stim hack your way through personal workshop and summon everything for free, and they're just looking at me like, what? Why? Why do I want brain damage? I don't understand this what any
0: of those words mean. <laughs> yeah, so then,
2: yeah. So I've I've smartened up, but I still have lost a couple soldiers on the way. Yeah. No,
1: what? we we keep um, me and my friends all essentially remake the core decks whenever we're teaching anyone to play. That's just something we have to yes. do, which
0: is a pain and it takes twenty minutes or whatever, yeah. but we do it. Yeah. I'm just to, yeah. so lazy. Well, what of... I do. <laughs> <laughs> because I ended up getting two corsets, sets, um, actually, technically, I got three, but I just sold all the extra stuff from the third one on eBay. Uh, so really, I only have two. Um, mm-hmm. All the extra surplus stuff, like anything beyond just the three of a kind from the core set, I just kept those in like a separate box and you're able to turn those into legal decks that just use core cards. So I just basically have, like, all my normal decks and all my normal cards and everything, and then I just have these other two decks of, like, really simple, basically, like, introductory tutorial teaching decks. Yeah, smart, it's, um, smart.
1: And I actually think, you know, I, I, this idea popped into my head a couple of days ago, but can't the three of us make decks that are even simpler than the core decks? Like, couldn't we make... Like, imagine if you were playing a tutorial video game, the deck would be nothing but, like, economy cards and icebreakers, you know? Right, yep. why, why could Surely, surely we could build that and then expand from yeah. there. I think that's, that's
2: what drafting's going to be, really. It's a, like it's, it's going to be a very core experience. Yeah. It, yeah. You Well, you could make a cool deck out of drafting. You could also make a
0: very beginner-friendly deck yeah. out of drafting. But that's actually hmm. not, like, a bad exercise. It's like, what is kind of the most teachable, like, core-only... You know, still yeah.
2: legal deck that you could build, but I think that's why you would take out influence because influence is a very confusing thing for a lot of people. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. D- yeah. The the different colored cards. The the the. How am I supposed to be playing this faction? Like, I think they just need right. a taste of everything, uh, because the core set that it tells you to play with is jinteki versus Shaper.
0: Yeah, and I, the jinteki part doesn't make any sense. The nope. Shaper sense. The Shaper bit does because it's like just a bunch of yeah, just big rig, get your ice breakers and go. But Jinteki, especially in just the core set is hands down the hardest corporation to play. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the weakest. It's ice is shitty. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah. it's like, so the corpse just like, why, why am I losing so
2: badly? Like, this is yeah. hard. This yeah. is hard for it me. It seems
0: like the, the, the core, like teaching ma- the best teaching, uh, combination would be shaper and HB, right? Cause yeah, that would be, so. it's like, you stumble into something. Okay. But you can still click through the worst of it. Um, it seems like that's probably that I mean the my, the the simple teaching decks I've got are that it's Shaper. Shaper HP. HP. yeah,
2: yeah I, I, I would agree yeah yeah I had already the,
1: yeah, what the friend of mine who I taught, I pretty much sat down with her for forty five minutes. It, this ties back into exactly what you were just saying, and I said, okay, you're going to play a game of your own now, and she sat down to play against MBN, and then the first words out of her mouth was, oh what are what are recurring credits and what are traces? and I went, Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> oh boy
0: <laughs> Yep. yep whatever uh whatever I, those two teaching decks I've got. Technically, there's like something says link, but I think the only card in that entire thing that runs a trace is uh is eg 1.0. Right. Very good. So I just say don't don't worry about what traces. Just that's for later. Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about it for now. Yeah, um, that's
1: exactly right. Well done.
0: Yeah, and it's I mean that's the interesting thing about the game. It's not that any of the particular individual mechanics are complicated. Like they're all actually relatively simple. Right. It's just that. At the beginning, they're all, there are so many of them, and it's all flat. That you're, yeah. it's not like they really—I mean—they build on each other, but they build on each other in indirect ways. So yeah. It's not like playing a video game where it's like, oh, you do the simple thing, and then you do the more complicated version of that mechanic, and then you do the thing that combines this mechanic with this. It's like, just understand these, like, dozen things that individually are simple but in aggregate are completely overwhelming. Well, yeah,
1: like, none of, them actually, none of the rules you learn from, like, okay, buffing strength to break ice, the, the numbers and the way the numbers work and the timing of it is nothing to do with running, is nothing to do with traces. It's like, yeah. it's, all, it's there are several different games, and anything you learn is irrelevant for the next
2: piece of Netrunner you have to learn.
0: Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But once you do Oh that, yeah.
2: That's when the game breaks wide open. Yeah, and, and it so becomes delicious. Yeah. So, have Absolutely. you
0: ever ha, have you gotten into other collectible living type card games before this one? Uh,
1: no. Well, I, I mean, I played a tiny bit when I was like a teenager, like a bit of magic and stuff, but, um, I just, I have a really weird vivid memory of being like 21 and I, li- I'd moved into a- for the first time in my life with a gamer friend and I said, okay, you know what you and me are going to do? We're going to play magic. And we bought a couple of starter kits and just it bounced off us like a tennis ball. It just, nothing stuck. <laughs> yeah, um, wow. and even Netrunner was weird actually, cause it was only for shut up and sit down that it's like, oh, there's this cool card game that has come out. I will, I will try this and I will review it. You know, fast forward a year's time, like, my holiday break was just Netrunner. You know, it was it was, yeah. it was it was pretty bad for like the greater context of my job because you know, like other stuff is falling by the wayside. Well, Netrunner and Descent, I should say. I'm a big Descent fan.
0: Because... <laughs> nice. I played the original version of Descent uh mm-hmm. god like 3 or 4 years ago. Did you probably. play the like 300 hour campaign? No, it was just it was just one game at a at a friend's out of town.
1: But it was good. Uh, I liked it. It's, yeah, the campaign just, well, I mean, I appreciate this is a Netrunner card class, but the campaign is really, really very good, and it gets even better with the second edition, so.
0: I would believe that. Yeah, so, so what was it, because I, I basically, like, I think we talked about this maybe on the first episode, that, like, I kind of had the same experience where I played, like, a little bit of Magic in high school, but it was probably only for about a year, and then I sold all my cards for, like, 800 bucks to some guy in Florida or whatever. Um, <laughs> so, like, what was it about Netrunner that... Made it stick because for me it was the exact same thing. It was like, actually, I got this, I got the box and I played it for a bit. Actually, uh, last Christmas, a buddy of mine got it as a present. I played it for a bit, I was like, oh, this seems cool. But then, god, I don't even remember who it was. It might have been Shane Shane Neville, um, said, oh, Jesse's really into that Netrunner game, right? And then, yeah. and then I fell down the hole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what uh, was it like, what was it that made this interesting when the rest, when uh, similar things were just like. N- not not getting any well, traction at all you know speaking as somebody who's you know uh,
1: historically you know made, made their living for their whole life really meticulously describing what makes a game good Netrunner it's just it's just fantastic and that's kind of, I almost want to stop there because the only alternative is to talk about every goddamn element of it like the math, the <laughs> maths are great. The theme is great. The bluffing is great. The the risk reward management is great. The uh, the flexibility in the new faction system of fantasy fights re release is great. It's just rock solid. Like I, there is no one thing, you know. And you guys know that it's it's not a it's not a a truth that like trips off the tongue. But everything about this game is fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. That uh, pretty much that's that's it. a pretty good summary. <laughs> in fact, <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I, actually, I I have to agree that uh, I've never felt like. Risking anything in the, in in a lot of other card games. Like I got into the uh, WoW TCG and I, I did play Magic a lot, but I have never got to the point where I'm like, "Okay, here it comes. The, here's the glory run. It's
0: it's you like use it or lose it kind of thing." Yeah. I I get that in Netrunner like every two games. Yeah, I... that's actually kind of true. Like I mean, in general, both in terms of digital and analog games. Like I. For some weird reason, maybe it's because the rest of my life is fine, that when playing digital games, I want ones that make me stressed out and right. anxious and <laughs> suffering and miserable. I like, want Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, Dark Souls is one of my favorite <laughs> video games ever. Um, and stuff like like some of the most intense board game experiences I've ever had was playing stuff like Battlestar Galactica or, to a lesser extent, The Resistance or whatever, where it's just like the only thing in that game is stress, right? Yeah. yeah. It feels like a lot of that is just due to like... I mean, there's the, there's the hidden information, which, of course, like, not knowing something is very stressful. But also, the consequences, like, in Magic, I mean, I guess, like, someone can... It, yeah, you're absolutely right, at least at least in the games that I played, it definitely didn't feel like the, the... Just the bandwidth of the experience was a lot more compressed, right? It's like, oh, you might do well this turn, or you might do poorly. The other guy might hit you for a lot of damage. But it never really felt like your own actions are really putting a lot on the line. Versus, like, I'm going to make a run at that server that has three advancements on it, <laughs> yep. and two unresed ice, what's gonna happen? <laughs> well, I'd be curious to ask um, uh, Jesse,
1: actually, because, I mean, as, as I understand it from listening to the podcast, Jesse, you played, uh, you played a lot more Magic than Nels, right? I was just wondering if there is some high level at which Magic does become like unbelievably tense, perhaps when you're familiar enough with the card pool?
2: Yeah, I think I think that might, I think that might be the case. Uh, I, I I never hit the tournament circuit until I started playing Netrunner, anyways. Um, I was just like I just played Magic a lot, and um, I did do a couple drafts and tournaments in the WoW TCG when it was quite popular, uh, mostly due to the fact that the game was popular. Like the sorry, the MMO the, was popular, yeah. mm. so the card game was popular by proxy. But uh, I the you're always just it, it's not. You're not really involved with the other player. You're kind of playing your own right, deck, and you're right. putting on your own guys, and then you're only, hopefully my guys beat up your guys, and then you shrug, and then somebody wins. Uh, but <laughs> in Netrunner, you're you're grabbing the other guy's cards. You're looking, you're peering information, like yeah, it, it it's a lot more entangled, and yeah. I think that's yeah, that's why it's just so good. Yeah, yeah, that, I think. Um, oh, uh, Nels, please. No,
1: no, go. Oh, I was just gonna say, I think um, on the subject of, uh, I mean, Netrunner is very tense, but I think I. Uh, and that is like probably my second favorite thing about it, but probably no. Uh, Jesse's right. My favorite thing about it is the um, is the the interaction between players. Everything you do affects everyone else. And yeah. loosely, not meaning to drag us onto the uh, Byroid shaper thing uh, that's coming later, but it is why I hate criminal the most out of anything in Netrunner because <laughs> because because it's concealing like so much. Like, what can the criminal player do? Well, probably they're holding it all in their hand. And yeah, that, I mean, yeah. You're right. And so, and so you don't know what they do and the criminal just uh to clarify I mean I should be totally honest and say that the one person I've been playing netrunner with the most kind of my netrunner nemesis is what I call him has a <laughs> Gabriel deck that's since evolved into an Andromeda deck and I beat it Of course it, like, it did. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I beat it like one time in 10. It's it's just absolutely brutal, but I don't I hate it not because it beats me but because I don't enjoy playing against it because he describes it as launching the perfect heist, right? Where he sits and waits and watches and waits and then plays like these two cards out of his hand. The get into my server,
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. That's actually that's that's at least thematic. That makes that that burn at least thematically appropriate, (laughs) (laughs) but yes. No, I was uh on Thursday night, I went and I played a game against someone who was doing kind of the kind of the, the similar to the deck that you got. Um, you took to the plugged in tournament where you got third, Jesse. Um, where it's just like a wizard deck that's all about econ, so it's just like account siphon and vamp, and that's it. I'm like, just when like half of my turns in this game were taking three credits yeah it's miserable. Like, <laughs> it's not it's just not it's like all the all the all the interesting parts of the game went away and they were just hanging out now <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> right so actually like i mean there's a couple of reasons that i'm playing byword and shaper right now and if i'm again honest the main reason is that you know since creation and control they have the most toys for me to play with right um, definitely but- yeah but the other reason is that um, they are both extremely straightforward corps to play against. Like, if you play against Spyroid, you get to do whatever your hacker deck is going to do. You have to get into this fortress. And if you play against Shaper, then you have to keep servers safe from this, like, growing uh, rig of icebreakers. And that just it seems... It, it's... Ugh. I mean, I know that people who play other factions won't agree with, with, with me when I say this, but it feels like the game as it's meant to be played.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, yeah. C- I can tell you that. I'm like uh criminal so event based like you're right it feels like i'm casting a lightning bolt at you i'm casting a lightning bolt right. like, from my hand like you're right like from like all this information's away from you so you're not even tr- interacting with me at all you're kind of just playing by yourself until you can just whoop me with some no. crazy card combo yeah. mm-hmm. and that's what
0: snoop is for yeah <laughs> <laughs> um well i mean that that is actually a pretty good a pretty good seg uh so yeah uh, like we like we just on the last episode we talked a bit about jinteki and since hilariously I think all of us have been playing a lot of Shaper and HB recently. Hmm. It seems, yeah, even timely. me and I yeah. hate Shaper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, seem, it seems timely to to do this same kind of faction breakdown with Haas Bioroid, and the Shapers. Um, let's start with the corpse side first. Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh, so, so, how about how about you lead us off, Quins? Like, what? Uh, I mean, aside from the stuff you just mentioned, like, what have you played much HB up to this point, or is this kind of like a new tack? Because been... you, were, you were on the NBN train for
1: a while, right? I was, yeah. And then Creation and Control came out and my eyes just like, my pupils dilated. and, and since then I've, been, <laughs> I've been trying to make a Byroid deck work without an enormous <laughs> amount of success. Um, and yeah, I actually had a slightly depressing thing recently. Because my deck is, uh, well, we'll get to that. But I watched uh, the, it was a regionals game with the Byroid player. It was that game where they draw a hand that's like one piece of ice and three agendas and then somehow go on to win.
2: Oh yeah! Um, that, oh, yeah. Worlds, that was I think that was the world's final. Oh yeah! yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Beer came in second. Yeah, right. Oh, the the guy who came match. in second
0: actually hosted the uh, the tour plugged down, in plugged in yeah. Seattle that we went to, and we're like, "Oh shit! I, we don't we know that guy. Oh yeah. no he's, right. he's actually really nice. That's yeah, super awesome. Guy. Yeah." Yeah, I liked even,
1: that actually was really a positive game to watch because you can see the players, like, you know, talking about how scared they are during the match. Like, every time he, R&D gets hit, he's like, oh, God, oh, God. shaking? Yeah, loved yeah. it. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, um, but um, that was still a depressing game on balance for me to watch because it taught me so much about what a successful biroid deck looks like. And it's so much less fun than what I'm trying to make work. Um, you know, like, using a lot of biotic labor, using Sansan, like, those agendas kind of appearing suddenly and then getting scored. Like, the fast right. advanced stuff. I have to do a bit of that because I've I've just I can figure out no other way to win, but I try and avoid it as much as possible.
0: Yeah, I uh, um, I I kind of feel the same. I, way. I really appreciate that because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh,
2: like the sand sand fast event stuff, it's everywhere and it's 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 just kind of boring. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's not a fun. It's not a fun way of playing.
1: Yeah. right which is why this is totally my favorite netrunner related uh piece of media because you guys will say that and we'll talk about trying to you
2: know <laughs> uh, actually honestly i i think what we try to do is a lot there's a it's it's kind of easy to 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 dump on netrunner because it, it is there's a lot of math involved and a lot of, well the 33 chance of you drawing this in your opening hand <laughs> th- there's a lot of that and it's like guys the game's fun so just focus on that like yeah maybe, yeah and yeah. then
1: occasionally you have those glorious games where just because you showed up with something unexpected, uh, you're oh, yeah. able to you're able to yeah. win, which is the best thing. Like if everyone's running Plaskreets because of scorched earth, and you choose not to, but I don't know, like that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, totally. No, I think that that is actually like some of the biggest strengths, both just in terms of the game being interesting and actually like what you're going to play at a more competitive event or whatever. It's like you can kind of rely on sort of the hive mind deciding on what's the best, and mm. then you just do something different, right? Which is but. But that's oh, sorry that's also just because there's no sideboard.
2: It's not best of 2. It's not best right. of 3. Like yeah. you 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 see you see my ambush and my tricks once. Yeah, and then you can't prepare for it yeah. next because I yeah. would you beat you. You see
0: them when they're tearing your face apart. Yeah, <laughs> and I, and I, I, I do kind of like that. I do kind of like that. You can get yeah. away with that. Yeah, you're like, who runs Ghost Branch? It's like, well, I do, and now you have five tags. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. No. Absolutely. And um, uh, so what? Well, sorry to, to 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 pull us back. As far as yes. a card that should I should I say a card that kind of defines birode? Yeah. Byroid for yeah
0: we'll, we'll we'll run through we'll run through each of the different types. But yeah, to you, like, what is what is something that's very like HB delicious? Like what what says HB to you? That oh. Um,
1: this isn't... This, I really doubt this is something that you guys are going to agree with, uh, but I really like Director Haas um, as far as something that defines Haas Byroid, because, you know, obviously all the corps are going to get a chairman, but just for now, Director Haas is just like, you flip her and you've got this absurd bonus, right? You have an extra <laughs> yeah. click. But then, obviously, you're coaxing the, the runner to get in, you know, because she's worth two agenda points if trashed. So it's this. I th- for me, it's Byroid because it's saying... I have a fortress, can you get in? It is daring the runner
2: to, yeah. to I mean, scale and your it, m- walls. Yeah, totally.
0: Yeah. Well, there's. I, I actually have never built a deck with Director Haas in it, but maybe I should now. Next Ice Director Haas. Well, I'll tell you, you what, the first oh, time... Man.
1: The first time when you have a director Haas out and uh, you have an efficiency committee and you take it like a seven-click turn, you'll probably <laughs> not go back.
0: have <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, oh, no, not uh, even been se- there? It's not You're even in?
1: seven. Sorry. Yeah, I, I, I managed to do that uh, like last night and just doing stuff like...
0: <laughs> oh, my it, God.
1: Putting out like a naked... Uh, I think that, that same efficiency committee I scored. I put it out naked because I was running a load of Adonis campaigns and stuff that they weren't running on. Yeah. Uh, so I put it out naked, and then with direct, Res Director Harson on one turn, just advance, 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 and you score up. A- oh, wow. Nice. Good, good, it, good which point. is great. It's, it's <laughs> Well, because.
0: Because then you could hypothetically use all three of those encounters yeah, immediately. Place, yeah. And
1: do that to continue, and to like put an upgrade on Director Haas, maybe? Or, like, or even or
0: think? even put a new agenda or something, an asset in there that sends her to the trash, because you don't yeah. need her anymore, hypothetically. And actually, the thing oh, about... Yeah,
1: exactly. The thing is, Director Haas is actually just a cheaper Sansan, if you think of it that way. Because as, yeah, long, yeah, as, the, yeah, as right. long as the runner doesn't... It's only like three to res i think so if you use her yeah. in one turn then trash her at the end of that turn then she's in the trash and can't be she's not worth agenda points anymore yeah. unless the runner did some hilarious shit to do with um record reconstructor and put her back on your r&d which was oh my god <laughs> that would actually be amazing wow. oh great wow. oh my
0: god that's awesome that's actually super awesome oh i didn't think did, about that i
1: that that occurred to me just as i was saying it i hadn't thought of it all that. but now the chairman are in maybe that's what record reconstructor is for just oh,
2: to, to just keep them out, get them out of retirement, you know. Yeah, just but actually,
1: she, oh no, yeah, she's added to the runner score area, so you couldn't do it over and over again. Just trolling director nope. Haas. <laughs> no, 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 that would
0: be amazing, though. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think that's pretty good because to me, it feels like HB, like as an identity, is really about two things, right? There's the There's the fast advanced side, which is obviously things like director Haas, biotic labor, all that kind of stuff. Um. But post creation and control, there's also this other kind of cool ice storm, probably right? a kind. i mean okay so there's that as well because maybe there's like three different bents. but there's also like this kind of back channel not as prevalent but heavy em- emphasis on brain damage kind right of right thing. Mm, yeah i heard you mention this i've n- i don't know anything about it because i mean aside from so i think aside from edge of world that 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 uh genteki asset which deals one brain damage for every ice uh on the server that it's in i think only HB cards actually deal brain damage. side, mm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Wow. But like, I've been playing Byroid for like three, four months with loads of ice that does brain damage. I'm not sure I've ever inflicted any of it outside of people, <laughs> walking, outside of people walking through a Wotan. Um, right. Which is, which is such a
2: weird card. Just the fact that oh, I've got this impregnable wall that you can no, actually jump. <laughs> you can just walk through
0: it. Like. Yeah. You just have to pay the price. Yeah.
2: I, I, I've walked through Janice's and Heimdall 2's all day long too. Just because... Yeah. They're like, oh, it's safe, and you're like, no, it's not. I'll just zap my, Janus, that my do,
1: Janus does like what one brain damage if you spend per, per, your
2: purse up. Yeah, 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 exactly. If you spend your whole turn, you're still gonna get zapped. But like, yeah. big deal. Like, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. Which is which is my problem with uh. With, so how how would you get maximum sort of brain damage out with whirlpools?
0: Um, you can do stuff i mean theres overrider i think is- yes yeah, you've got cerebral overrider there's you can definitely slap if you're willing to splash a bunch of whirlpools then you can pull people through Janices or mm. or i mean if if you can but like, what,
1: what is a whirlpool it's not a trap is it you can
2: break it it is a trap. It is a trap, so you need a Crypsis be... or an Atman or something.
3: Yeah. Break
1: that's, it. that's good, because uh, my meta is so infested with AI breakers, I'm now splashing two swordsmen. Wow. Right. <laughs> I'm actually... Awesome. It, actually, I'm, uh, I know that Bioroid and Jinteki are meant to be like sworn enemies, which is why there's that identity that where you can have all the influences, unless you don't have Jinteki cards. But I love yeah. Jinteki, and... Uh, I'm yeah. now running, uh, like, almost all of my influence is three Sundews and two Swordsmen, specifically as bait for AI Breakers. Oh, oh nice.
0: interesting. Cool. That is cool. I like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you, like, with a good combination of Whirlpool, like, you can rake somebody over a Janus and then into a Zed or something like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I have a good friend of mine, Kaylee. He, he builds very strange decks, and he he was running Whirlpool, and then he would do... Uh, what's, what's the upgrade where you can install ice on? Oh awakening, oh, awakening Center. center. He would, he'd Awakening Center, but usually you're like, oh there's a Janus on the Awakening Center. But no, he puts like Zeds on the Awakening Center. Right.
1: Oh, that's that's wonderful, because they're so, free and then two extra brain damage.
2: Yeah, because people are like, oh, he's broke, so he can't dump a Janus on me from his
0: awakening. You're like, yeah. oh no,
2: it's a bunch of Zeds, so have fun with those. It's yeah. like yeah. That, uh, that, that is cool.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so the to 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 pull it back to like the, the cards that evoke H B, like the the agenda that represents kind of that brain damage type build flavor whatever is certainly a sentinel defense program sentinel defense grid whatever Yeah, it is. yeah yeah it's that f- uh, four advance two point agenda that whenever the runner takes a brain damage they also take a net damage yeah that basically huge. means you only you need half as much damage to flatline them and the more brain damage they're taking the more that net damage is severe until it's like if they've already got two points on them and then they hit another one they're almost certainly practically out of cards. Yeah. If they if they already had two, you score that agenda, then they take two more brain damage, it's going to be game over.
1: Mm-hmm. As as far as cerebral overwriter goes, did, does your local meta actually even I I so many people in my group just run expose. Like traps
2: are almost irrelevant for that reason. Uh, like 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 in, infiltrates and stuff. Yeah, yeah, infiltrates. Yeah, yeah. I, I always I even... put I always put three in my deck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I so when I run Cerebral Overrider, it's always in Jinteki decks and it's index that generally also run two or three Zaibatsu loyalties, which mm. nobody expects, but is actually awesome. Yeah. No, um, that is great. And that yeah, the fact when someone's when you've got three advances on an overrider and someone's like, hey, I want to see what that is, and you're just like, ah no, you don't. <laughs> and then it was like, oh, yeah, what, wait.
1: why would you why would you run a three why would you that would kill them if it was a June bug. Why would you run the cerebral overrider?
0: Eh, like they've got a Deus Ex or something, or oh, okay. they or they like draw cards before they make the run. Like sometimes right. people can get around even a three advanced June bug. Um, yeah, you just like diesel up and yeah. face
2: plant. Like I've done it. It sucks, and I usually lose the game, but <laughs> you, you at least you at least survive it. You know? Yeah, yeah, okay.
0: Um, so, the, uh, what's agenda wise? Like, what is what is the agenda for you, Jesse? That like is the most HB. Uh, but, uh, like re- re-
2: recently, um, I was running Pryrex in my next. I know Priorek is a neutral, and yeah. I switched out with Wotan's, and I was like, "Oh, Wotan's so cool!" And then I'm like, "Oh, it's Bioroid right only." After I, of course, after I score it, and it's project to Wotan, me. right? Project Wotan, yeah, yeah. not the mm-hmm. Wotan. And that's um, a,
0: that's the f- uh, five five score for three, three points,
2: and then you get three yeah three tokens? tokens that just add an end the run to a Bioroid. right? Which is like, I thought it was better because I thought it was any ice, ah. which is just retarded because then, because then, because then it would be like a super awesome Nisei, right? Right. Um, I, agenda like agenda wise, I I don't really like all their agendas, but I only play accelerated beta tests. Like mm, I love accelerated oh God, beta tests yes. because, um, I kind of I, I I play a lot of like win or like win hard or lose hard decks, and with next and accelerated beta test, you can get it you can if you draw into it, you can get an accelerated beta test out like second turn, and you can draw into some crazy crazy ice, and it just it's so it's it's so <laughs> awesome to see that runner just like. His, he just his shoulders slump and you you've built some stupid server with three crazy ice cream right. like aBT like yeah that's I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that agenda that's nice. for sure
1: I'm trying to think of um I mean the most byroid absurd agenda is surely mandatory upgrades which I'm oh yeah sure yeah.
2: anybody runs. <laughs>
0: I don't. Yeah, I've,
2: I. I've seen it in a, like an ice storm uh, next, actually. Yeah. Because you would ABT, and then you you have a server that's so stupid to get through. You can push uh, mandatory upgrades.
0: Yeah. Mm. I could see it. I could see it. But I I've mean, a, yeah. I've also scored it and lost. So it's right. Like, oh, <laughs> which, is, which is the biggest bummer ever. Yeah, it's not a it's not a panacea. But I I think I might consider putting it into my next design deck. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. You just got you just got to get more ice in there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Asset wise.
2: Well, I think the Director Haas was a good, very good yeah. example. I, 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 I never really thought about running. Because there's a limit of one per deck. Is that correct? Um, no, 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 that's Pet only have, Project. Yes, yes. Okay, Which we is go. weird,
1: that's because, because I, I wouldn't think Pet Project is such a powerful card. But I guess thematically, she can only have one Pet Project. She can't have multiple <laughs> pets. Like, sure, yeah, that's, that's right. that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> probably. That's probably it. There,
0: there's going to be another agenda later that you can have two of. That's Director Haas' pet menagerie. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. What have we got? So, were we talking about assets? Yeah, the um, I like um, encryption protocol a lot because it's just such a quiet sort of like, screw you. Yes. Yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah. Especially when obviously you know they they finally go they wade through your Janus to get to the Sundew and then you raise encryption protocol and they burst into tears because it costs one more.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. Or one... or or how about not not being able to trash that snare? How how yep. how, how crappy is that? It oh just back in, goes back into their hand. Yeah. Have fun with that. One. <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah, oh wait! That's... Oh
1: my God! I didn't realize snare doesn't explode when you touch it. It actually no.
0: Is you need still to there. get rid of it. That's it's right. just wow. because it is a zero trash cost, so people can get rid of it. But you you pull up a couple of encryption protocols right before they go to grab it, and then oh now it's now that's like insult to injury, right? That's the it's most like...
1: beautiful thing I've ever heard. That's wonderful.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. So... And
1: um, yeah. Oh, just I was wondering why you two are running uh you know Haspiroid decks now. What sort of turned you around?
2: I, um, I I can go because this is yeah. an easy answer. Um, I think next is basically the Andy of the Corp, uh, hmm. because because you, you, you have such an accelerated first turn if you're lucky. Like Andy a- a- Andy can like just like, have an awesome turn. Yeah, almost certain, no matter oh, like, you get. I have so many freaking cards in my hand. It's it it's it's going to be a good game. Uh, but with next you start and you put out so much uh, so much ice right away and then you get to take a turn. And like I've had next games where I'm like ice ice ice, and then I drop, and then I'm like hedge fund hedge fund, (laughs) and then I'll put and then I'll install uh like a a, an asset or whatever, and I'm like this is awesome, like I feel like I'm Andy finally, right? And and then I like I realize I'm like I don't really like their ice that much. I'm not a big fan of a lot of that stuff, but uh the this the beginning turn is so awesome, and and I know like the twelve influence sucks and all that other stuff, but uh it just I I play I'm, I'm the only reason I'm playing them really is for that initial turn
0: yeah yeah wow. well, i yeah i just as as a rush deck like i think it kind of started because i started playing a chaos theory rush deck and then someone it's like oh next design is actually like a pretty good corporate rush deck i'm like I- uh, huh is it and then i put together i'm like oh no it actually it actually kind of is yeah, um,
2: and and you're also you're not fast advancing. You're you're just <laughs> yes. putting down a bunch of awesome ice. Yeah, and so or you're just putting down not awesome ice. You're just putting down a bunch of ice. Yeah,
0: it's well, it's a legitimate rush deck, right? Because usually fast advance, it it's like it's the advancing is fast, but the actual deck is not necessarily that fast. Because usually that it's expensive as hell to do fast advance, right? Like you're either paying six bucks for a sand sand or four mm-hmm. bucks plus the four advances for a bioblade biotic yeah. or whatever, right? Um, so having a like, a rush deck that's just about getting your agenda scored actually, like, turn-wise very quickly is interesting. Yeah, and, and and it's also back to what we were mentioning earlier. Like It feels like you're playing the game properly. Right. It's <laughs> like what you're saying, Quins. Like,
2: you're actually building a data, a data fort, you're installing an agenda, and advancing it over the course of two or three turns and scoring the agenda. It's yeah. like what the rules say a corpse should be doing.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. On the it, subject, I am so excited for Strongbox, even though I don't know the numbers of it yet. That's the... Do uh, you guys see this?
0: I don't... I uh, think I've Fill, in. fill yeah. us in. Yeah, I don't, oh, I don't no. remember it, at all.
1: It's the strong is just a card coming in the next data pack, which is the Byroid Super Red Herrings. Like, it's three to res. And the way they've, you know, Fantasy Flight, they do that thing where one card is like covering another card, so you can't see the numbers of it. Right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. All you can read is when the runner reaches this server in order to access a blank. They must pay blank in order to blank, and you and it's three to res, so it's going to be something going to re- be huge. Oh, yeah.
0: interesting. That's so cool. red
1: because red herrings is like five to yep. pl- plus five credits and one to trash. So I'm guessing yeah. this will be like plus I don't know five credits, but five to trash. I don't know. I don't know, yeah. but I want oh, to. that would be crazy because
2: because they do they they are notorious for heavy trash costs. Yeah, right?
1: like, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, it, uh no, no, I was gonna go off into a whole sad sob story about how I ended up splitting the first three data packs with a friend, and so I'm I'm shy some
0: cards. Oh bummer! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> yeah, but no, no one wants to, no one wants to hear that. It's fine. Your sad story. Um, uh, operation wise, what is? I mean, of course, biotic, there's biotic labor. Um, what else operation wise is like very interesting HB goodness? I like morph a lot. Um, ship
2: from mirror Morph. Yeah, mm. it costs one, and you can install up to three. Like that's the whole taking more clicks per turn, kind of messing right. up that math. Uh, it's still it's expensive to still put down ice on top of ice, of course. But to get, I don't know, it just it 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 makes your turn bigger than what the runner thought. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. And plus, not a lot of people play it. The people that I do see play it again is in Ginteki, in where you would
0: perfection or something.
2: Uh, no, no, actually they they, really? they they do it in classic gentechi and they'd, they'd mirror Morph, and they put down the runner can't see it of course but it's like fetal ai and then did a uh, chum data mine and you you have a, a <laughs> you, you have like a, a killer server in uh, one card like right and you can still do other stuff during that right 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 which is kind of cool that is cool i uh, i've
1: had uh, i i really like archive memories ever since you guys pointed out what a lovely card it is especially with successful demonstration that you yes. successful oh, yeah. demonstration archive memories successful demonstration and if you got yep. an extra click then you know because director yeah. has us up, you just have a lot of fun. But actually, yeah. my MVP in a couple, my last couple of games, uh, partially because it was fun, but also because it's so unexpected, is Hellion Alpha Test. Oh, cool! Really? Oh,
0: the cat, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I not put that in.
1: It's just a wonderful. Well, for a start, the theme of it. No matter what you use it to destroy. So this is like a. You can only use it if the runner install the resource. It's traced two or three and then yeah. if successful trash a resource
2: yeah. if unsuccessful take a bad publicity is it no is it trash or is it put the resource back on top of the deck it's trash it's um, stra- trash is it oh, okay I,
1: I, i'm pretty sure unless i i i'm insane um but yeah, uh, and that's just, but the theme of that is so wonderful because whatever you use it to destroy, like if it's Katie Jones, you know, Katie Jones is asked to transport this, you know, cat and she goes, okay. And then the cat like explodes or whatever. Right. <laughs> I love that. It's I not that, that, that the idea. cat is running
0: through the alleys <laughs> trying to get to her helicopter and chew it to bits. No, no it's just like, oh, just mail this cat for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess.
2: And yeah. I like, think for a dollar. <laughs> or the idea that like
1: noise is partying in Wildside and looks over and sees a cat that meows at him and the camera cuts to the ex- outside of the building, which just blows up. Like, like, this, just is, on this is fire yeah this is this is what runs through my head when i play <laughs> that card no, right.
2: dude, okay sorry i do actually have the card right here and it says trace to if successful add one installed resource to the top of the runner's stack wow well, that's yeah. interesting i'm if really un- sorry
1: to everyone i've been playing netrunner with well, you've been- <laughs> few well,
2: no 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 uh, but it's it's understandable because it makes sense but it is it is actually a pretty strong card yeah. still in it is.
0: some ways it's it's i guess it's not there it, there aren't easy ways to pick pe- to to play resources from the heap um but especially with programs, like, at this point, I would much rather use something like Sherlock 1.0 right. to put a program back on top of the runner's stack versus trash it, right? Because it slows them down. Yeah, because yeah. at this point, like, there's so much clone chips and scavenge and <laughs> test run and blah, 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 blah. Like, if someone's got, like, seven counters on a data sucker and you're just like, yeah, put that back on top of your deck. Like, <laughs> I would much rather do that. That's nice. Yeah, that is nice.
1: Plus, um, I themat- thematically, I don't know what installing resources from your heap would look like. That would be like some Byroid reconstruction stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah, like
2: hey, like, hey, Katie, you're looking kind of rough.
0: You know, like <laughs> I am fine. <blind. laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, in terms of like HB Ice Sherlock, I think is like way underrated. Ice, I, I like we were talking about this before. We need a, a cheaper, lighter Sherlock. Like, yeah, something that like cost maybe four and only did one and couldn't be clicked through. Yeah. Oh, so, that so that would you mean be not delicious. HP at all? Well,
1: no, uh, what's yeah. the, that, the piece of ice in the Last Data Pack that means you can only access one card? Hudson. Hudson uh, yeah, yeah, yeah this is the depressing thing. I, I really should sometimes stop reading the internet because I, I got Hudson and went, oh my god, it's awesome. I'm going to use this to protect my archives or whatever. And everybody's um,
2: like, "Wow, the internet, like Hudson sucks. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. And so I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take this out of my deck now. And I, it's still out <laughs> of my deck because I went I, with
2: what the internet said. I actually got interneted by that card as well. And I went to my tournament and I played next and I did quite well. And I was playing against a uh, Scott, who's a very, very good player. And he was, he said, like, you know what that deck needs? Hudson. I'm like, Hudson? He's like, yeah, <laughs> that deck needs Hudson. And he is a really strong player. So it kind of like gave me the boost I needed to, 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 to want <laughs> to play, play the cards again. you
1: wanted to play. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. I was
2: like, how fickle and lame am I? When I, 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 <laughs>
1: I remember I was a, the first time I went to uh, this Netrunner meet that I'm now in love with. Um, I, I was running a shaper deck that had uh, false echoes in it, and uh, I've, it nice. a... I've
2: I've I've false echoed before too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So
1: I'm, okay. We can talk. We're, this is a safe place where we can discuss. Uh, <laughs>
0: that's the right. things we've done. <laughs> There's like, no judgments here.
1: It was worth it for because the, the guy opposite me said like you know well that's ridiculous nobody plays that and I said okay but I'm gonna walk through the server and you have to discard all the ice on it so you know have fun with that. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it was, it's just this sort of like no I'm gonna do what I want to do you don't tell me how to play type joyous moment. Yeah, yeah, totally. You know,
2: when you actually get a false echo off on somebody, um, I I ran it with with a big siphon deck for chaos theory, and nice. I I drain all the money, and then I would start making him pick all of his ice back up, with false yeah. <laughs> and that's
1: cool. Yeah. Oh, like that's yeah. so sad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. emergency <laughs> shutdown as well, or just all that kind of jazz.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Do you do do y'all have a other aside from Hudson and Sherlock? Do you have any other favorite pieces of I HB ice? It's not
2: my favorite ice, but I actually think Heimdall is Heimdall one is mm-hmm. actually all of HB at once. You yep. got you got a big barrier. You 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 can click through it. Yep. It'll hit you with brain damage, and you got end the run, and you got three
0: subs. Yep. Like, and it's five. It's stri- six. Straight. Straight. It's a strength six barrier. Yeah. So it's and it's even not that expensive. It's only like seven bucks to res. I think it's seven right? or eight. Seven. Yeah.
2: Eight. Maybe, uh, the Like the numbers are probably wrong, but I think a lot of uh, what HP is is in that card, and yeah. I've actually like. I've started shiny, it like shine like i um, I'd like it again. Mm-hmm. I think with uh, playing through next, like you get you need you need a big barrier. Like go for it. Yeah, and you can actually res it. Uh, Heimdall two is you need a little bit of trickery to res Heimdall two. I find. Yeah, or an insane amount of money because yeah, it's eleven bucks instead yeah. of seven. That's oh, a big deal. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I th- think yeah.
1: This is oh, why no. I run with like three efficiency. Is it bio efficiency research? Like yeah, yes, because you need you, you got to get that up to res the yep. uh, the big fat ice. Yeah, yep, definitely. I would, I would love to run oversight, uh, oversight AI if I was, um, if I had a little more influence, because it's just the cheaper, more ballsy version. Yeah, yes, I love like that.
2: That's why Wayland's, I think, is my is will always be my favorite uh, corp because it's just so brute strength. And mm. I actually, my, my the first next deck I made was just full of. It had three archers, three, three archers, three oversight AIs, <laughs> three, three Janissaries, Wayland Ice, That's so yeah, yeah, adorable. <laughs> and so but but your first next like basically my my next play would be like put down janice put down archer put down uh whatever like Handel two and my my turn my first actual turn would be oversight ai uh biroid deficiency research it was super janky and crazy convolicious but it was <laughs> hilarious to get out of Janus turn two and right like archer yeah turn two.
0: um upgrade wise HP upgrades. All of them. Can I just? <laughs> I love. I
1: just love upgrades so much, and yet you know, I know that mathematically they're probably not the most efficient thing to put on a deck, but I adore them. I love that. I love putting them down and coaxing the runner to run. Because if it's an agenda, and it's just like this kind of hollowed-out building with the foundations of a server, like Ash working by himself on nothing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I think that's great because you're right. Because there's no math involved. It's all player interaction. What makes upgrades so great. Like, mm-hmm. oh, they ran on my ash
0: through my crazy server. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm I winning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the the chances of doing it are pretty rare, but the best thing in the world, right, set up some insane, gross, horrible server, two cards in it. Runner finally pays to get all the way through it, costing him a bunch of brain damage, whatever. Flip over the first one. It's an ash. Yep. So then they can't access the other card. And then they're like, okay, fine. They pay... And then the next turn they like do some crazy like dump all their money off Katie or Sim hack back in there or whatever. They come back. What is it? Oh, it's another Ash. Oh, because yeah. <laughs> oh. because with one Ash you can't even look at what the other card is, right? That's right. Like with red herrings, you can still look at the other card to, to see if it's an agenda. Running. Yeah, you can, you have to pay more <laughs> to steal it, um, which does mean that if it's a fetal AI, they get hit by the damage, <laughs> which is nice. Yeah. Um, but oh wow, we're just talking about we're just talking about HB here. But yeah, that combo <laughs> is delicious. Um, but yeah, uh, what are the other what are the other awesome HB upgrades? Corporate is... Troubleshooter, is... yeah, that's yes. huge. He's he's, yeah. he's
1: like as he's another one of those corset cards where there's only one of them, and he's secretly phenomenal, and you forget about it. Like um uh, yeah, Jinteki, uh, loyalty. Yes, yeah. Uh, Corporate it's... Troubleshooter is amazing because p- people access it off the top of my R and D and just panic and trash it immediately because. Right because it could be used for anything. It's a really insidious
0: card. Yeah. And now so I when the, um, one of the cards in the in the latest data pack Malatempora, is interns. Initially interns I'm like, "Oh yeah, it's cool and kind of save you some money whatever." I didn't realize especially if you're not playing HB where you don't have stuff like archive memories, how valuable being able to pull stuff back out of Oh, your yeah. archive just is like, like straight up recursion yeah. your your upgrades especially like someone sacks a corporate troubleshooter you're like oh, that's fine the interns will bring it back and they it's <laughs> just going it's just going straight to being installed right it's not even like it hangs out in your you hand then you click or a Wait, runner it, could get it or whatever it's like it just i just not straight want to, to be being
1: installed the interns on the day when you're told to go and get back the corpse the corporate yeah. troubleshooter <laughs> right so <laughs> <it's> like, <laughs> hey
0: somewhere it's like you'll find them yeah <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah, no, those. But are... no,
1: the corporate recursion especially is like even more exciting than the runner recursion because I don't know, corp just seems to have more ridiculous, absurd, like you know, restructuring, like successful demonstration, uh, upgrades, yeah. all that jazz. Like one-off cards that absolutely change the tone of the game. Where for me, I guess the runner just seems to have like three of everything. It just seems less right uh, spicy. I don't know. Yeah. And even mm-hmm. if
0: they don't, they have three clone chips, and then they just yeah. bring them back well, and, immediately and, anyway. And
2: I think that's where like, influence comes in. Like you need you can, you can splash less if you know you're going to be recurring it, right? So your decks will be more interesting, yeah. like more.
0: And speaking of both recursion and and splashing less, if we want to talk about the other side of this delicious pancake, <laughs> um, <laughs> nice, well done. Yeah, there <laughs> we go. Uh, Shaper, so. It, it does seem like kind of HB and Shaper are a little bit mirrored, right? Where they're both some, like, some of the, they have a lot of, like, really big, heavy tools. And it's all about just either, you know, bludgeoning the hell out of the corporation <laughs> once you have this massive rig of really, really heavy, huge programs. Or on HP side, obviously, building, like, this massive, like, iron mountain that nobody can possibly chew their way through. Mm-hmm. Um, Except maybe a Shaper. Yeah. Except maybe a shaper, uh, kind of from the beginning of the game. I think the faction I've definitely spent the most time with I- with is shaper for sure. Um, I know you don't like them very much at all, Jesse. I, I, I don't know. I, I
2: yeah. I, no, they're great. Like now now I'm playing a bunch of chaos theory, but I, I think both factions mirror um t- time. T- time's a big thing. Like. Yeah hb slows you down ruhr valley uh click through sub like clicking through ice just means like they have this powerful ice but if you give me a day i can get through it right and uh shaper's got like uh um what my card garden shaper probably recently is a personal workshop because that that's mm. very thematically mm-hmm. it's like okay i can build this right just give me yeah. time it'll just like, take a while yeah yeah and i okay. think that's both on both sides
1: I really like um, the theme behind Eureka, but I hate the art on it. Like it's <laughs> it
2: is it is actually really
0: bad, <laughs> and I'm sure I'm sure that artist is actually very good, and it was just like maybe it was cropped badly, or... which wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Yeah. but yeah that that picture does bum me out it, it's such a Kate, shame because it it's looks like, really orange in that art
1: <laughs> i want to see like exile like looking startled in a bath like that's you know because Eureka, oh wow right? that yeah that, oh right yeah that, that, totally. that it's just perfect.
0: like what's behind this weird door it's like i a goat <laughs> like, that, that, does, that doesn't really convey like a moment of of brilliant insight right Right. Um,
1: but but yeah, the um but uh no Jesse's right, personal workshop, the art and the the thing, it's all really shaper and very cool.
0: Yeah. Um so shaper wise, like what have you been what have you been playing recently? Have you been just good old Kate or is it something else? Uh
1: me? Um yeah. I've been actually actually my the deck I'm running is inspired by none other than Terminal Seven. Um what? you guys mentioned you guys mentioned uh, a friend of yours who played a real deck that just ran, uh, like, same old thing and Esher and, I think, Tinkering. Or at least that's what I'm running. Yeah, that was, yes. Ch- was Kaylee. That yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all I got. I got a Gordian. Uh, I think my, on Meteor my deck's called, like, Swordswoman or something. But I just have a Gordian <laughs> blade and, um, and, yeah, just esher tinkering and then a ton of like my splash is crescentus and clone chips because you can do amazing runs whereby like if you have a crescentus and a clone chip installed you break the first piece of ice you use crescentus you bring it back with the clone chip you break the second piece of ice you use crescentus you know just like nibbling down servers and oh yeah
0: that's gross cool uh, uh, and, and, I actually, also, and Crescentus ooh. is
2: so
1: light, you can fit... Like, are you running three of them or two of them? Or I'm running two, I think. But yeah, it's only like Man. one point influence and then an emergency shutdown. But it's all just... It turns the game into like an almost... Like a, a weird video gamey puzzle because it's like you get one piece of ice that has code gate and then obviously swapping things around. I had a, uh, the most enjoyable game ever against my friend's Jinteki deck where he had like a super iced R&D which was uh, like something... Like a pop-up window into a Caduceus but the pop-up window was just there to take the code gate
0: Right
3: me
1: power off it or something. And then I eshered onto his undefended HQ because he was celebrity gifting, right? So he's like, I have a snare and a fetal, come and get me. And I said, Okay, but you're but I'm gonna Esher in. Yes. so like, Your undefended HQ, I don't really care about. And then the great thing about Jinteki is that you know they're running chum, right? So you just swap stuff around. Oh, um yeah. Yeah. Esher yep. just yeah, no, no matter
0: no matter what you're doing, if you're if you hit Jinteki with an you always just flip pairs of cards. <laughs> 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 Even if they're both face down, you're like, Well, it's not gonna get yeah. worse, and it's probably gonna get better <laughs> Right yeah it uh, seems so, yeah oh sorry keep going
1: no that's all that's 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 what i'm running it's extremely straightforward i think awesome. I've, got, I've got an imp in there just because i really like that card
0: yep yeah uh it seems like that shaper kind of initially just in the corset and through the genesis cycle it was all about like total big rig like get just a gigantic mountain of stuff like really access really easy access to money later on and then once you're set up with this like mac truck you just drive straight <laughs> through their front doors right yeah um but the interesting thing that happened with creation and control is now there's also this totally kind of almost felt like it was missing in, in retrospect. Now there's all these tools also for both recursion and tutoring where yeah. shapers can instead like build their rigs as they're running, which I think is super, super interesting. Right. Like as soon as you get out that first self-modifying code, as long as you have enough money, you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. Which is <laughs> which is actually really cool. Um I like it. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh event wise, I think Escher is definitely one of my favorites. Like uh, Esher's Esher's a back breaking card. Like, it is, it is, is it's, it's totally more uh, anarchist than it is
1: Shaper as well, just like thematically. But it I don't know, it just it fits what so well with Riel. Right. Yeah, totally. Uh, but yeah, I feel like you've done, you guys think that it's like totally an anarchist, I'm going to mess you up type thing and Kaiser. I don't know. I feel like the, the I get the the lines blur for me between Shaper and Anarch because I feel like Kaiser should be Shaper. I don't know. Uh,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah it could I, be, I, could be. I, I, mean, I think we the same talk about that yeah. too. It it seems like that the shapers are definitely the the actual the best at what they do in terms of building stuff and being hackers and stuff right so it's like oh if someone's going to get inside and rewire a bunch of crazy stuff so that all these things are connected the wrong way or whatever it's like oh yeah that's going to be a shaper that does it right i
1: guess it's more like anarchists actually just damage themselves rather than the core yeah oh yeah they just don't care yeah Yeah. which
0: makes sense (laughs) um Although, what's
1: you... that? Oh, sorry. No, we're talking about Shaper, so I, yes. I will stop. <laughs> oh, God, please go on. What uh,
0: do you have any particular Shaper events that you find delicious, Jesse? Um, or very Shaper. Shaper evocative?
2: I, I, I really just uh, I splash a lot of Shaper when I was running. I usually run Anarch, but when I I splash a lot of Shaper, and I, it's usually uh, the like quality times and Diesels, like just mm-hmm. the. Uh, it's and and then it, my new my new favorite event became Levy Levy Labs or levy ar lab access levy there you go that one the the one where it's all of a sudden it's like i have a whole new hand and my deck's back and yep i actually i played against the Genteki super trap deck and i basically i think i infiltrated him six times because oh i love oh. <laughs> because because i because i love twice and yeah. i'm like uh and it, i i saw three of his cerebral over overriders it was just ridiculous <laughs> but uh
0: i was like wow thanks shaper during that game definitely yep.
1: oh my god that's that's fantastic yeah. What about you, Nels?
0: Um, yeah, Escher is definitely a card that I love to death because I played Kit for a long time, and I think she's still probably my favorite runner. Um, there's still a weird part of me that really likes Eureka, <laughs> like <laughs> just just that being able to just like drop through, especially if you're not if you're just doing it blind, like just being able to be like, and we've got oh. boom and that you're is like cool. yeah, oh. that, is, that is cool I had an it's idea a for a self-modifying clone chip modifying code <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got this great idea clone chip oh yeah. wait it's one well, those things already- that's just Man. an SD card Kate yeah. you, you don't need yeah. to tell me about that back to the old drawing board <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um and obviously, like the most thematic core thing, I think for Shaper is modded, right? Where it's like it's mm-hmm. this econ card, but it's just about installing programs or hardware, which is really what they're what they're best at, right?
2: Yeah, I love yeah. modded. Like modded will clear your bloated hand out. It's a, it's a lean card. Um, a lot of people run modded in Andes just because mm. like are for nine hand you're getting out two cards for one. Yeah. like
0: he gives you, you options. Yeah, Mo- yeah. modded's is mm. a great card. Yeah. Um. Do you have any particular either of you guys' favorite Shaper hardware? Mo- I I'm like mon- I, I like the idea of monolith. I like the, the monolith is the greatest thing. Oh, like, yeah. Monolith is
2: so cool. Like yeah. if you like, if monolith is is is, is that Mack truck taped to another Mack truck right. that you're running <laughs> <laughs> that you're running right into the corp I, you start getting into some really oh god i've realized that i've talked about
1: theme a lot this episode but just the theme of like generally the professor you know this like the nbn's you know got them this character assassination and he's angry and in his basement is the monolith oh, that yeah, he's yeah. been building a huge
2: reveal like, you, and, you, yeah you, you you can't hide you're not a criminal you don't have decoys because yeah. you built your, your because your basement is a big computer oh, yeah. that's when, when, <laughs> when,
0: you, when you when you turn it on like three blocks around you all just have brownouts yeah that's right that's right <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: That, that is the greatest thing. I've never used it, but I saw you tweet, Nels, that you had a game where, I mean, you lost, you said, but installed it anyway. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> Which you know, is that, a victory. That, that means I, I won. That yeah, means I actually right. won. And That's I didn't
0: funny. install it with some like crazy high drinks or whatever. I just hard casted it for 18 credits. I think I may have slipped it out with a modded, so it might have been 15 credits and a modded. But right, when that but happens, you get- you're like... Oh, this is good. How much money do you save when you? Because you get discounted
1: programs, right? You you
0: you can when you install it. You can also bring along three programs, and you knock four credits off of each. well then it
2: almost pays for itself.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I got to
0: put like Monolith and Torch. Man, this is getting expensive. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. I think I yeah. When I actually installed it, I think all I pulled in was a Nerve Agent and a (laughs) yeah I'm like,
2: well, that's a little that's overkill. Okay. But
0: I did make good use of it. It also allows you basically to, when you when you take net damage, you can choose which card you discard, basically. It's right. like, oh, whenever you suffer a net damage or brain damage, you discard a card to prevent it. But for net damage, it basically just means discard the thing you want instead of random. Hmm. Um, and that's actually pretty useful because, like, you know, when you've got like a hand of five and there's just like the one card that you really need and then like they score a bloody uh, clone retirement and they pick out that one card and you're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, there
1: goes your Katie Jones or whatever, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, what other, uh, again, this is probably just due to my love for Kit, but in general, Shaper also has a ton of reoccurring credit goodness. And I, e- oh, yeah. even though the, the card it's clearly meant to support hasn't come in yet... Um, I like lockpick a lot. Right. Um, well, it's just, well, surely
1: lockpick is for Riel, no? I mean, decoders.
0: it is, but it also provides stealth credits, and there aren't any stealth decoders yet. Code, yeah, decoders yet. Right. So it's clear that there's. Pro- I mean, either later in the spin cycle or for the run, there's going to be one. Um, but even now, yeah, like kit plus lockpicks are actually great because it's only one to install, and you can immediately use that credit. So it's almost just like taking a click, and then that, that thing's going to pay for itself. Very, good. Yeah, very right away. Yeah, yeah.
1: You've actually lost me with the um the providing stealth credits thing. Like this is to do with the stealth the cloak and dagger card.
0: That's, yes. Yeah. Yeah. C- yeah, uh,
2: so- yeah. Stealth is going to be a very specific set of credits you only use on stealth decoders to, to yeah. do something awesome like yeah. dagger. Which like is, yeah, exactly.
0: Mm. Dagger. The only way to boost dagger is with uh stealth credits. Mm. Um, and it's one to and, plus five. Yeah. It's and like lockpick basically says you have one recurring credit to use on decoders. But it also has like the stealth subtype or whatever. Oh so, hypothetically down the road, there's gonna be a decoder equivalent of dagger.
2: Yeah, it's like future proofing the
1: exactly. like a like a lockpick type. I don't know what a stealthy theme would be
0: for a, yeah. something that gets through code. Yeah, they're like,
2: Well we've used cloak and dagger, what else have we got? Yeah, like they like, ideas.
0: Mallet. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Um, locksmith that's what it's gonna be there I, you go I bet Lock, you, pick locksmith. Locksmith. Maybe. maybe that could, that uh, could be kind of cool that could be kind of cool maybe. do we think
1: there might be any programs that define shaper because shaper don't have many programs right
0: so not really not, not many at all <laughs> no. um not many people run it but i still like battering ram yeah a lot um, oh god <laughs> it's gigantic i mean the only thing about it that um that it is it's just the two mu right like if it was mm-hmm. one mu it would it would be the fractor for shaper if not for almost everybody right. It's just that extra memory unit because otherwise it's awesome. Like the only I think the only um things in the game where it's cheaper for Corroder to break them than for um than for battering ram are ice wall, paper wall, and Himitsubako. I think that's hmm. it. Every other one is either the same price or cheaper with battering ram. The ram, yeah. I think um. It's just that two mu is really, really heavy, Got especially it. if you're not a shaper. Yes, that's right.
1: Yeah, it's weird. The actual what icebreaker to run is uh, is such a strange mathsy puzzle. Like I was talking to, I listened to you guys talk about. Uh, you had the same experience with um cyber as me, where you get it and go, oh, yes,
0: this is this is the answer." To no, it it doesn't work. It <laughs> just it's <laughs> like I keep going back to it, and then every time I'm just like. I need to run on that server. I don't have a scavenge. I have no other break. <sighs> God damn it, Cyber Cipher.
1: Yeah, it's just this disappointing little bow that doesn't know where it is meant to be.
2: That's yeah. why I just started running Torch.
0: Yeah, I think that's better.
1: <laughs> I yeah. want to get Torch into the real deck I was telling you guys about, and I cannot for the life of me work it. I don't want to do test on scavenge because it's like, no, I'm going to have to wait for... Power
2: do, to... Uh, do personal workshop stim hacks. That's what. That's how I get it out. i i I click it onto the workshop and i just stim hack into their archives like i don't care and then then that's nine credits you just hard cast with the stim hack so it's like i don't know you're saving money there and then torches out and they're like oh crap i mean my my, my victor 2 costs two to
0: break through yeah the one the one nice thing about personal workshop now that all there's way more spin cycle cards that provide bad publicity is you can use those bad pub credits to pay for stuff in your personal workshop. Mm, yep. So even if they've just got some, like, a Hadrians or whatever... Oh,
1: wait, s- could you do that with self-modifying as well?
0: Oh, yeah. Yep, that's right. Oh, uh, nah. okay. Yeah, so, like, the the stuff, you like, bad publicity plus install, like, as you're running cards is amazing yeah like they have some giant ass hadrian sitting on r&d but they have five points of bad publicity which against wayland is not that unlikely <laughs> that's right you don't care you just run at it you're about to bounce off but you spend your five bucks ahead of time and you're like yep there's torch there's magnum opus it's like oh a click God. it's like a click for five bucks yeah every can time. we yeah.
1: agree that like the single coolest thing you can do as a runner is like just have a couple of self-modifying codes uh installed and face plant some massive server of Unrest ice and just pull out these tools from your deck as you're yep. running yeah like, it's, yeah that that just makes makes me feel like batman as far as shapers go that's just <laughs> right. i just I love that so well, Like, oh, that, free, oh, go please yeah
0: and the other cool thing is you can you can also like if you get all the way th- you they're they're good protection right so of like oh some nasty ice i'll be able to deal with it but then if they just don't have the money or choose not to res stuff or whatever pa- once you're past all the ice you can sack that smc to bring out some awesome utility program yeah like, oh, wow. like opus yeah. or something even like an expert schedule analyzer is that what it is the, 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 could you could you res yeah.
1: false echoes as soon as you're past the ice is that legal
2: uh, i would th- probably uh <laughs> yeah. that, no that, no well let's see because you're you're running and then you'd install no because you'd say like no res and does that mean you're already through
0: and then i don't it? know i'm
2: not too sure actually that, that's that's a good question man self-modding question. to a False echo. You want people to make fun of you. That'll be right. <laughs> that'll be the combo.
1: If anyone was dumb enough to do it, it would definitely be me. So uh, ah, oh, good. Is...
2: Well, we'll actually call that move the Quins. We'll be like, <laughs> oh, 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 you
1: Quins me. <laughs> and um, then next time, yeah, the ice just goes back down, yeah. and I cry.
0: And <laughs> then Shaper Resources. Uh, I mean, you can't not mention professional contacts, just mm. because it is it is really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like just 5 bucks for every time you get a card draw and a credit. Yeah, that's that's delicious. Yeah. I, I I still I, f- I fell back in love with Opus
2: again. Actually, though, um,
0: I have to, especially in Chaos Theory. Oh and CT, yeah, Theory. yeah.
2: It becomes just such an awesome engine, and I and I love turns when I can just be like, gain eight, go, and then the, yep. the corpse like, oh, uh, Muh, 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 and then yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, like it's that. it's as annoying
1: as Melange, isn't it? Just the thing of like, yep. I have got you against the wall. No, you haven't. Okay, right. Yeah,
2: well. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> is this is this gonna be a money
0: fight? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Do you have any uh, other- I, yeah, any other Quince, do you have any other like other shaper resources that you love?
1: Uh, Well, I'm actually kind of glad that Magnum Opus was brought up because it implied we hadn't left programs. Because I just very quickly want to mention how much oh, I love yes, Chica- uh, how much I love Chicana. Oh, yes, Chikana. not yeah. enough
0: people run it. Chicana is awesome. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it's like if people yeah.
1: did, then fast advance wouldn't be a thing anymore, you know? Like, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, amazing yeah. that like, FF- you could-
2: FFG's trying, right? They're trying to fix this fast advance problem, right? Which <laughs> cards like Chicana, yeah. Um,
1: Right, and I run Chicana and Swordsman, so I'm doing my bit to fix the matter. <laughs> uh, we
0: all have to do our part.
1: I think I, th- I honestly think yeah, that might be the case. We can sit here and complain. The people who complain, oh, I've got a friend who doesn't even play because they don't like how Criminal works out, and it's like, well, no, you can build decks that kind of specifically counter andromeda it's not easy but it's possible yeah like a sundew is a great card against criminal because it's like oh you want to pull off the perfect heist no you're you're going to run three times this turn have fun right yeah
0: (laughs) and waste one of your inside jobs to bounce over this just to get a sundew (laughs) exactly Yeah. yeah um yeah, no, in general, I really like cards that reward you for doing the stuff you were going to do anyway. And if you're playing Shaper, you're probably going to be hammering R&D. Yep. So Chicana lets you also jack up their advancement requirement just for running R&D. It's delicious. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um. So, yeah, what other Shaper resources? Sorry, now we have in- indulged me on a tangent. No, um, no, that's good. Let me think. So, yeah, we've got personal workshop down, which is obviously... Uh, same old thing is a weird one. Uh, that is. Not, li- not least because
0: selling it at Aesops is the weirdest thing in the world. Like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so same old thing is technically neutral. Um, but it did come with a shaper box. But it did come with a shaper box. That is true. But actually, yeah, same old thing. But I actually really like Aesops Pawn Shop. Hmm. Um just because, like what of what even though it is combo y and it makes me not want to use my daily casts until you have an Aesops. You install daily casts <laughs> and then the last when it would then give you 2 it gives yeah, you 3 yeah it's the very last time when right. it would drop its last two credits the turn before that instead you sell it so you get one extra credit except the thing is you get it one turn earlier and that cuz it gives you two bucks two bucks five bucks which is oh, actually, I see what you're saying yep yeah. yeah.
2: it's it's like a little bit of a burst okay exactly well sorry oh, it's it's
0: 2223 but that last one comes one turn sooner and that is actually great yes like, like
1: it. My favorite thing about Aesop's is the, when you get towards that end game, I get that nice, maybe because I'm an idiot, but you get that <laughs> nice thing of you, you dismantle your rig for Aesop just to get the money to squeeze through yep. that yeah. last two yep. agenda points. There, you, I, what, you pawn
0: all your stuff? Yeah, it makes yep. sense. I can't count the number of times so I've been like, I don't really need that rabbit hole. Well, I don't really <laughs> need that other rabbit hole I don't need that console let's just go <laughs> yeah,
2: I, yeah. I, I also like the decks that are popping up that use the source and pawn shop so yes. it's like hey corp you have a shitty time doing that stuff but during my turn when I know I can steal your stuff I'll trash the source Yeah. get and three get some bucks that I'll
0: use actually to make this run as and well steal it. Yeah.
2: It, yeah. It, 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 it's all about utility yeah. uh, with Shaper. it's
0: fantastic um, cool any other final thoughts on Shaper hmm
2: I just want to say I had a I had a really funny. I took chaos theory to my last tournament, mm. and um, I'd to say I guess the I, I was playing Brody who who took it in the end, and the funny part was is he listens to the podcast and he knows that all I do is splash neural katana and account siphon. <laughs> <laughs> so when it, he's playing me as as NBN in our first match together, and he protects his HQ and leaves his R and D wide open, only because he knows that I run account siphon and yeah. everything, and I hit his R and D four times and. Score, he, he, he shuffled poorly. Breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Astroscript. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no. what's happening? And my next turn, I ran his R&D again. And I'm like, Project Beal. And I, and I took it. <laughs> so I do like that That Shaper is so... I need to protect my R&D because or else Shaper's going to dump all over my R&D with their R&D interface and all this other stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can actually use that to your favor.
0: Yeah. By... Well, you can actually... Yeah, you can actually totally play against type, which is fantastic. Like, people... That's kind of the reason why... Uh, final resource i love woman in the red dress because oh my god. people expect shaper oh god the maker's eye and the r&d interfaces and indexing Ah, oh, they're going to be coming after my r&d and you go oh, okay women in the red dress right and they're like well now i have to protect RD and hq in,
1: in the last terminal 7 podcast when you guys were like you know the soul of netrunner is in this woman in the red dress card i heard that immediately put it in my shaper deck and <laughs> I, ex- I, ex- I experienced the thing you said whereby like my i pulled it out against my friend's jintaki deck and I installed it. And he hadn't got Malatempura yet, so he said, I got the wonderful pleasure of telling him how the card worked. Yeah. Oh, so, so I get to draw a card, and I go, yeah. And he draws it and looks at it, and it's a June bug. Or, like, <laughs> I think it, or whatever it was. And then we look at each other, and then he just takes it. And I go, it it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah. That's it's, perfect. It is great. It is. Uh, yeah, that's
0: actually one of my favorites. Okay, um, we've got a little bit long on time, but we'll slip in this one reader mail really, really quick, and then we can uh, wrap everything up. Um, so this is actually from my friend, I don't think you know him, um, George Albor. He runs the experiencepoints.net video game podcast, but recently he has also very much gotten into Netrunner, uh, which I enjoy very much. <laughs> <laughs> and what he has to say is, hey there, Nels and Jesse. Uh, thanks for fueling my Netrunner obsession with your excellent podcast. Here's a question for you. What are your thoughts on the recent ruling that only Pawn can move off of Sherazad and not other Kai'Sa? As someone desperately trying to make a Kaisa deck work, it seems a big blow, particularly when it's hard to make a slim deck without splash-heavy economy. Uh, More importantly, does the unclear Kaisa-Sherazod wording betray a lack of consideration for some of Netrunner's more rich dynamics, i.e., how could you not consider the Kaisa-Sherazod wording when designing the card? Thanks for the podcast. You you keep up the good work, and I'll keep staying up all night thinking about deck optimization. (laughs) Um... (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about this. I talked about this a little bit before, but I think it's not. This is likely one of those things where just the interaction was very obvious to the people designing the game, just because whenever you're designing something, no matter how hard you try, you always end up with a bit of myopia where you just know how everything works and you've internalized that so much. No matter how hard you try, you can't ever fully strip that understanding back out of your brain. So it's just like, oh, well, of course the Kaisa are only supposed to go on ice. Like, that's what they're for. Um, but someone sees Sherazad and they're like, oh, I mean, it could be that, like, all the Kaisa stuff were designed by one person. Sherazad was designed by the other person. And it was just like, oh, yeah, of course, that's how that works. That's how it that works. So I put it together. Unlike us, who just see all these things together at once, we're like, oh, well, yeah, of course the Kaisa are supposed to go on Sherazad." And then the design intent was like, oh, actually, not that at all. <laughs> um that being's
1: oh sorry go ahead oh no just what I don't follow is why only pawn I mean the, what the wording's the same on all the cards right they all get hosted on online the, I'm,
0: I'm kind of on your side the wording for all the other Kaisas versus pawn is actually slightly different oh um it's just that it's three paragraphs on one card right <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like the the way that like it specifically describes how the ice is hosted is slightly different which I believe was meant to convey that pawn can go on stuff like probably Jin temporarily or Sherazad or whatever while the rest can't. Um, but that being said, also, like, it's not in the official FAQ yet, right? So there have, been, there have been in the past where there was kind of like an offhanded comment made by someone from FFG on BoardGameGeek or whatever. Like, initially, I think there was one about Woodcutter and how, and Tyrant, how they don't have any subroutines when they're resed, But what does that mean with stuff like... From, and or, or, oversight yeah. AI and all that stuff. And initially they said on like a quick forum post, that it was one way, but in the official FAQ, they said, actually, no, it makes more sense for it to be the other way. So I wouldn't call the whole pawn, Sherazade, Kaisa thing quite settled yet until it's actually in the official FAQ. Um, that being said, I mean, of course this interaction occurred to the designers. Like, how could it not? Right. So if it is a particular way, I'm sure there are well-grounded reasons for that. Um, but it is definitely a little bit ambiguous, and I look forward to whenever they update that FAQ and actually say, "Yes, for sure, here's how it works," and blah.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, um, I would
1: just definitely want to chip in and say that, like, um, it's 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 important not to feel too entitled and be too angry at Fantasy Flight because you know they've they've not a, have they made a fantastic game, but the support for Netrunner is there and the FAQs yeah. are there, like. Yeah, totally. Don't look down on them for, like, making the mistake. It's what you do after that that matters. uh, Right, totally. Uh, As as far as I know, the patching's been really good. Uh, Yeah,
0: totally. And the other thing is, like, uh, the people who work on this game have played more games individually (laughs) than probably the three of us will ever play in our (laughs) lifetimes, right? So if a thing is a certain way, I mean, it may not be perfect or flawless or whatever, but probably there's at least a good amount of thought and playtesting and consideration that went into these particulars. Yeah. It wasn't just like arbitrarily, oh, sure, we'll do that. Yeah. Um, as someone, and you too, Jesse, as someone who makes video games, nothing goes in easily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um. Well, Quinn, did you have any final thoughts, comments, notes? Not, not really. I, I just, I
1: feel like I want to... You know, like it would be amazing if uh, if I could come back, but only because you guys have taught me more sort of like rules and little tweaks and hints in Netrunner than I knew before. Like uh, so, all that stuff at the beginning about oh I was playing the game wrong for three months. Turns out I'm still doing that. So if you guys can continue to like tell me how to play the game, that would be great because uh, apparently it's really hard to spot all this stuff. <laughs> no, no, no,
0: yeah. But thank you very much for coming on. Like yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the technical considerations to this were a little bit more complicated. Hopefully, none of that is manifest in the recording. um But <laughs> at some point in the future, yeah, it would be awesome to assemble this again and if you're ever over stateside or if for some insane reason both of us are in london at the same time <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed <laughs> yeah definitely having this happening in the future would be supremely rad yeah that'd be great
1: no, i had no guard if I'm ever in Vancouver then definitely I need to show up at a tournament and get the last place Scorched Earth.
0: Card. We uh, we will host one for you, I guarantee yes! it. That <laughs> that's all I want definitely. to hear. Thank,
1: thank you so much, guys.
0: Awesome. Um and once again, if people want to check out your awesome video reviews, board game coverage, quins and Netrunner tips. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Which are of supreme value. Uh where, mm. where do where do folks find that?
1: Uh, they find that at uh, www.shutupandsitdown.com, which is a sort of home for video reviews, podcasts, written articles, all about analog play. Awesome, um, nice, highly, hi-
0: highly recommended, highly, analog. highly, impossibly, highly upper highest echelon. Oh my god, you guys are so sweet and happy.
2: <laughs> happy economy hexic based.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, uh, economic hex based. No, God, I got it wrong. Oh, yeah. Shut Up and Sit Down's uh, Christmas Holiday is all about hexagonal strategy that's, games. Because we're that nerdy.
0: Yes. And hilariously, right after this, I'm going to go play Archipelago. Oh, really? Is it, yes. is it
1: your first time?
0: Second. Uh, the fir- It was actually... I think it was a buddy of mine also watches the show, Uh, Shut Up and Sit Down. And after the Archipelago review, he picked it up. And the first game was rough, but mm. about three quarters of the way through, you like the clouds kind of parted. And we're like, oh i get why this game is really good it's all about the
1: the free trading you know like that thing of i will just the fact that you can do it at any point is so important to not forget
0: yeah i think today will be the first time we play it for real and uh yeah i'm really stoked are you doing the long game I'll probably do the medium-length one. Very wise,
1: very wise. Yes. <laughs> uh, but no, and just best of luck. It's like, it's one of those tricky things to recommend because it's like, it's probably my game of the year maybe, but like, uh, it's that's a hard sell because, you know, yes. obviously it's like people have to read like 30 pages of rules and get the right friends together and be in the right mindset. But I'm still putting my, my, uh, my recommendation behind it.
0: Yeah, it was like the first turn, I think, took about an hour <laughs> and 10 minutes. No. You guys, <laughs> someone then... knew
1: the rules before you started playing, right? uh
0: two of us had read it but no one had played it before so the first turn took about an hour and 10 minutes and the second turn took like 15 and we're like oh okay this is actually not that bad never mind
1: (laughs) god god God. i'd feel so bad if you guys were like it was awful but we're gonna try again and i'd say no no. yeah like i
0: said about three quarters of the way through we all got why it was good and we're like okay good that 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 fakie learning one is out of the way now we're gonna do this for real okay thank Um, god Yes. Oh, uh, once again, thank you very much for being on the show. Um, if anyone wants to email us again, thoughts, questions, questions are always welcome. Um, it's terminal seven at idle You can follow us on Twitter at term seven. Um, and as always, the uh, visibility of iTunes reviews helps us tremendously. So if people like the show and throw a shout out on there, that helps more people listen to it, which is awesome. Um, and once again, thank you very much to Ed Harrison, who allows us to use his song Tin Soldiers from the Neo Tokyo OST as our opening and closing music. Uh, you should totally pick it up. It's really, really, really good. You can play it when you're all gathered up playing Netrunner. It's very thematically appropriate. <laughs> and all that is available at edharrison.bandcamp.com. your excellent podcast here's a question for you oh Um, god i'm
3: sorry
1: that's my phone ringing we might have to do this i'm gonna
0: gonna,
1: gonna tell this person to go away Uh, of course it's by the seaside (laughs) oh yeah because it's the the one that makes me depressed whenever i get a phone call which is thematically appropriate